you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. It's a solo show today. I know people are getting used to the two uh, guest hosts a week, but it's just me handling it today. I hope everyone has had a good weekend. As we mentioned on the show, you know we, that it was a pre-record because you know Caleb's uh, turned into big stuff. I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's uh, going to work at a university. He will still continue to do the podcast. Do not worry. But yeah, just uh, congrats to him. Uh, first off. And like I said, it will not affect anything other than the fact that he's not going to be at Akron games all the time. So we'll lose a little bit of that inside knowledge. He is still paying attention and he still knows about baseball. Uh, I'm going to recommend you go back and check out that podcast if you missed it because Francisco Perez got called up and there's so much great information in there because Francisco Perez, I, I talked about him briefly on the show. I'm trying to remember which day before where I was trying to remember why he jumped out at me as a minor league performer and then you know we got all the great information from Caleb about him this year and the big thing for him was the moving to the pen uh, he was a really interesting pitcher coming up in the minors that 2019 season sorry I just had a moment there I was like what's going on here with his baseball reference 2019 season where across two levels strikeout rate over 11 with the 2.5 walk rate and the one strikeout rate now the problem is that's 28 innings in 2019 before that, he had just been a guy I was hearing about. And then 2020 happens. He doesn't get a chance to pitch. They just transition him to the to the pen. And it's gone so well that I thought he was pretty much a slam dunk 40-man ad. And apparently the Indians agreed with me because they added him early to that. Uh, he is, I have updated, I'll try to tweet it out. I have my Rule 5 yes, maybe, and players of note. Uh, he is strongly in the yes category with about 10 other players. But his addition, uh, lefty, can always have more lefties. Uh, this team feels like at the back end of their pen has kind of missed a reliable left-handed uh, reliever. I'm sure there's someone I'm totally forgetting about or blanking on. You know, it's like Oliver Perez in the past was that guy. Uh, Kyle Nelson, I mean, they've kind of forgot about him i need to look and see what his numbers are in columbus but i think he's in danger of being taken off the 40 man honestly now i was i put nelson in the same camp as like nick sandlin two years ago so you know i'll just be honest about that sometimes you're right sometimes you're wrong and you know for sandlin in columbus well he's been hurt i assume because he's pitched all of 10 innings so there we go uh yeah it's, it's a problem where i don't pay super depth in-depth uh, attention sometimes to what's happening with players who aren't in Cleveland. But Nelson's been hurt. They're moving on to uh, Perez, who just has filthy stuff. And again, if you want to find out more about that stuff, his performance, his ability, you want to go listen to the podcast from Monday where we go in-depth. But as a left-hander, a back-end guy, he could be something for uh, the Indians. And his addition, like I said, he was a no-doubter for me. And they just did it early. I mean, he is the number two relief prospect in the system. He's a guy who needed to be added, and they added him. So for now, uh, you know, he's up. We'll see how long he stays. We had talked about on the Friday show that, no, we talked about on the Monday show, which I recorded on Saturday. We didn't know what the corresponding move for Bobby Bradley and the hurt knee would be. 
Well, we got it. He is, uh, you know, it, with him out is what allowed Francisco Perez to get the call up for the Cleveland Indians. There are control issues. We'll see if that holds him back. But fastball slider combo is enough for him to be successful. And it's probably another bad sign for Anthony Ghost, who's trying to make that transition from major league outfielder to left-handed reliever. I'm trying to think if he made Team USA or if he was like with them in training camp or how it worked for him. Either way, I you know he might end up in another organization next year uh, if he opts for free agency. He is very far down the list of options and choices for them. It'd probably be smart for him to move on. But yeah, they, they called up Francisco Perez. They went with a bullpen by committee. He did not play in this one. Now, I had a six-game winning streak, and I didn't announce who I would have picked in this game uh, until the third inning because I just... Busy day. Uh, behind the curtain, uh, refrigerator fail, air condition fail, and flooding in the basement. Fun time over here. But... I got a late start with, in terms of an outside good pick for this one, I picked the Reds just based on Sam Henches as your bullpen by committee leadoff guy. Luis Castilla has been absolutely nails. If you were smart, you're taking the Reds. You know, and baseball's weird. It's a strange game. And this is probably the biggest slam dunk choice. And the Indians, of course, win. They win the Ohio Cup. The uh, outstanding player of the Ohio Cup is Wade Miley, who no-hit the Indians. Overall in this one, the Indians had nine runs on 11 hits in an error. The Reds had three runs. Or sorry, did I say nine runs on 11? Yeah, I got the right. Three runs on nine hits. No errors for Cincy. In terms of walks, since he had three, the Indians had five. So using my little combination thing, the Reds had 13 opportunities to 16 for the Indians. I always forget to check for hit batters. 17 for the Indians. Now, Henches was fine. He, that's three quality relief appearances in a row. Justin Garza picks up the win, his second. He's okay. You know, obviously, both those players prefer that they gave up no runs. You'll take what they did. Parker was great. Whitgren was great. Sandlin, one unearned run. You're not going to get upset with him about that. Going back to the Indians itself, what a day for Ahmed Rosario. Goes four for five, a home run away from the, the cycle. Miles Straw reaches base twice. Uh, we talked about how the Indians need more guys who walk. He had a walk in this one for them. He has a double. Jose Ramirez with his... 25th home run of the year. That puts him in a tie for ninth in the American League. Uh, he goes two for four, also has a walk. Who else reached base twice in this one? Well, you have Wilson Ramos, who also had a home run his eighth this year. I didn't realize he had had that many before he had been let go. And he had a walk, so he reached base twice. The only person to not reach base in this game was Owen Miller. It's been rough for Miller. Let's just be honest. It has been very rough for Miller. I don't love Rosario at shortstop and Jimenez at second base. Like, they're clearly... I mean, Rosario is not a good defender. Like, put your best team forward. I don't care if it's a role he's comfortable in right now. That's not his role going forward because he's not good at it. That, that's my one complaint. Uh, Earlier in the year, people got mad about me complaining about the coaching and the lineups and the this or that. But it's just silly to play a bad defender at shortstop because he's played it all year. I, I Yeah, he had a great game. He's one of the driving forces. He's one of the three stars in this one but he's not a good defender. So why take the guy who's an above-average defender? I know he had the throwing error the other day, and he does have a high amount of errors, but by every other metric, he's a plus defender. And, you know, the whole idea of errors as a way to judge defenders has been shown to be really bad. It just, it's, because it, it's about small instances. You just don't have enough data there. 
Uh, Jose Ramirez is now up to 11 of them. Uh, what if next year Jose Ramirez was the Indians' first baseman? His defense at third feels like it's taking a step back. If I go over to baseball, no, it's not. So ignore everything I said. The high errors, see, this is what happens. You think, oh, man, he's made all, but he's still at 94 outs above average. So completely ignore that. By the way, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the perceived struggles of Jose Ramirez this year, uh, the arbitrary endpoints of pointing out like his struggles. We'll talk about where there has been a, a, a legit struggle, but we'll get to that for segment two of the show. But again, the Indians have now won, what, three out of four. They are solidly second place in the division. They've gotten themselves up to 500 baseball again. Uh, they have almost no shot of making the postseason, but they're competitive. And I guess my question to listeners are, are, is, my question is to listeners, would you prefer them to be competitive or would you prefer them just to punt it all in? Like, are you happy when they beat the Tigers two out of three? Or would you rather just see them slip down are you rooting for draft position even though uh likely any player you draft isn't getting into the majors in the next two years uh no indians drafts of late yet yeah, two maybe three if you're lucky again logan d allen already in double a tanner burns wasn't hurt maybe he's higher Xavion curry from a few years ago he might already be up to double a if he wasn't hurt we, we would have to see but yeah do are you do you want this team to get as many wins as possible finish second in the division or would you rather they fall behind the Tigers? Would you rather they maybe, sl- sl- uh, not slinked, not slunk, uh, whatever word I'm looking for there, under the Royals? Now, that's going to be very hard to do, but would you rather see them slide or would you rather see them succeed? Uh, you know, I could, I'm going to be fine either way. I'm going to enjoy their wins. When they lose, I'm like, well, it's a Pyrrhic victory of letting young players play. I just wish we saw more of them. I wish we had more of those young guys called up. We also do have to take a moment with this game before I let it go to talk about Bradley Zimmer, who, while he only had the one hit, what a hit, 471-foot home run for Bradley Zimmer, his fourth of the year. Uh, he's, it's interesting for Zimmer, now that he's getting regular playing time, he's sneaking up on you a little. If you're not paying attention, let me pull up his game log, I don't think he had a home run until June. Right, like he came into June with zero home runs, he hit two in June and he's hit two in August. So he, or I'm sorry, two in July and two in August. He didn't have any in June. This is a guy who's been up since the end of May. So May through June, nothing, no home runs. Uh, Even just in terms of doubles, he had one double in June and he had no extra. So no extra base hits in that small time in May. Uh, One. Is that really right? Was there a triple in there as well? Yeah, there was a triple. So two in June. Two extra base hits in June. And then July, you're up to four. And so far this month, he is now up to three. So we'll see if it can continue for him. But uh, also the home run and back-to-back games, good on Zim. Uh, overall, his, his slugging is starting to, to sneak up. His uh, OPS is... a uh, Let's do quick math here. He's at a, you know, add those two numbers together. You get like a, what, a 720-ish, close to 720, it looks like. Maybe 720 exactly. Uh, So, which is an acceptable one. I mean, I bet if I go over and look them up on Fangraphs, he's up to a league average bat. And it's funny to me, the number of people that do want to like just cut him. There's just this feeling that he is like a dead, worthless guy. He's doing nothing. 
and it's funny because it's the same people who like want to defend to the death other players and you know or will sit there and pull out like uh next gen stats to defend them but then ignores the next gen stats for bradley zimmer who yeah he's got a league average he's league average in offensive production has he been great no but league average offensive production higher sprint speed than anyone else on the indians and in terms of his defense in center field uh he's a above average to plus now he's not miles straw miles straws like 11 percentile points ahead of him step down there defensively and there is the swing and the miss to his game but let's not act like bradley zimmer's out there doing a jake bowers impersonation if jake bowers could have been a league average bat with above average defense he might still be on this team so zimmer is he is far from the biggest issue with the indians if you just went and you looked at pure runs created plus for this team he is he's not the reason it's just weird <laughs> you know i hate to be this person where it's like Lonnie Chisenhall for the longest time I was like not a fan like I was a fan of him coming up and he was not the player I thought he was going to be uh you know you learn things from that and I kind of learned about evaluation skills and not trusting just the rhetoric of what a plus hit tool is but eventually I came around and be like okay he's not bad (laughs) I ended up being on the bandwagon because he's like a league average player Bradley Zimmer right now is in terms of offensive production a step below Cesar Hernandez uh, was with the Indians, 99 versus 100. Uh, players that are higher are, in terms of who have played this year, had over 100 plate appearances. Players with higher runs created plus on the Indians than Bradley Zimmer. Cesar Hernandez, Jordan Luplo, Bobby Bradley, Fran Mil Reyes, Jose Ramirez. That's the list. Harold Ramirez, 11 points lower and much worse defense. Oscar Mercado, 17 points lower. Not much, but still lesser defense like bradley the hate bradley zimmer hate is it's silly it's people who get things stuck in their head and don't want to let it go and yeah it's time to let it go bradley zimmer is he's, is he a star no is he a starter hopefully not is he a solid fourth outfield type who's gonna bring a little he should have more power like that's my one thing he should be hitting mammoth home runs like that he did that in the minors uh work with him figure that out but at, right now, like if you look at that group when you're talking Daniel Johnson, who I'm still all for getting more at-bats, you're talking Oscar Mercado, you're talking Harold uh, Ramirez, Zimmer's head and shoulders above the other two, and that shouldn't even be up for debate right now. I went long with my rant here. Uh, I will come back and we'll talk about the, uh, the, the talk that Jose Ramirez is uh, having a bad year. And that fantastic sponsor today is Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose it is is that really surprising the game's rigged against you you're playing against thousands of other lineups not to mention experts who have more tools and more time you don't stand a chance introducing stat hero it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts players in control and winning within reach here's how it works stat stats hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup you name your stakes winner take all you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it is meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change your odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, so I'm not going to pull up the tweet. It was one of those that arbitrary endpoints about Jose Ramirez and his struggles. Uh, so let's first talk about the fact that Jose Ramirez is in the midst of a weird year. 
first and foremost, his bat pip this year. I know I talk about bat pip a lot on this show, but in this case, we absolutely have to talk about it. Because his bat pip is a ridiculously low, I got a 239. Now the average is about 290. His career average, including this year, is 289, which is weird because he runs so well. Typically, that, that's a higher for a guy with good speed and good base running. Uh, bat pips can be sometimes an average of closer up to 300 or even a little over. So his is weirdly low for his career just in general. So it's interesting that he has that. But a 239 is low. For him, that's about 40 points below average. So he's been incredibly unlucky uh, this year compared to most years. And even though he's having a quote-unquote bad year, by his standards, you know, he's still worth three and a half war already. He's on his way to being, you know, a, what, a, close to a six war player probably yet again. It's great production uh, in terms of overall, uh, you know, I didn't think to pull it up to compare him against the rest of the league, but three and a half war is great. And that's with some missed time due to injury. I mean, you're looking at, let's just say it's 150 game season. I know it's not, but if it was, you know, we'd be two thirds of the way through. It makes my math, my life easier. Uh, three and a half, chop it, 1.7. So if you could do another... 1.7 the rest of the way they get you what to a 5.2 i think i did the math right so then you got more games added on so maybe he's closer to getting to that like 5 4 5 5 uh not quite again what he's done in the past years where he was you know 3.1 last year in 58 games uh 2019 was that weird year but before that a 6.4 and a 7.5 this is the thing where if you are a team like the indians do you worry about wear and tear? Do you worry about aging curves? Do you worry? And that's the thing. Like his contract is going to carry him through 2023. So if you're the Indians, you're getting him through that 2023 year, him being born in 92, you're getting him through his age 31 season. There's a chance they may not want to do an extension just because uh, getting farther into the 30s, you're less likely to get a good payoff. Uh, just something to point out. Don't get too mad at me. An OPS of 130. I mean, he is still potentially on a like number retired track. Could set many all-time Cleveland Indians records. I haven't gone and checked in on those. I know I did those a lot last year because we knew it was like Carlos Santana was at the end and he had been here so many years that he was getting close. But we'll have to check back in because I was doing the all-time team when we were dealing with there being no baseball. But I have to dive back in maybe towards the end of this year and see where Jose Ramirez is ranking. Now, in terms of like his bad performance, again, it's all relative. Uh, you can go through month by month with him and see that, yeah, it's been different for him. May, uh, just in terms of OPS, 875 in April, March, 864 in May, June, 917, 799 in July. So perfectly solid, just not him. And then August, smallest of sample sizes, 78. Again, I don't think it's anything to get too worried about. The, I thought the most interesting stat I found in this whole talk about Jose Ramirez is home and away. So he is definitely a comfy confines of home type of guy. Now his, his average is 40 points higher at home. His slugging is 160 points higher at home. And his OPS is nearly 200 points higher at home. Uh, he's having massive home, road, home and road splits this year. And he is playing much better at night compared to day. Uh, another one where it's like a 50-point different in average. 
and on base and uh, about 100 points different in slugging, so 150 points different in OPS. So we need more home games at night, uh, and Jose will be fine. I, I don't know if there's anything really to take away from that. That's just more the humor of it. And you know, I switched my baseball savant page because we were talking about Zimmer. Uh, everything with Jose Ramirez is is red to dark red. He's not. There's no signs of him declining, going backwards, having any issue at all. He is as good as he's ever been here. He's just basically, when you get right down to it, he's been unlucky. It, it, he's had luck go against him. Uh, his worst percentile is his walk percentage at 63%, which is still light red. Chase at 69 and then 74 for hard hit percentage. All of these are light red. If you can have everything in the light red and your reds are your worst, you're having a great year. So all this talk about uh, Jose Ramirez, just leave it in the, out, out there. There's, there's no reason to go into it. It's silly talk. Yeah, he's had a few more struggles of late, but it's nothing that's uh, a down year or a sign of decline. He's had bad luck. It happens sometimes. And more than anything else, that's just what I want to go out of my way to point out. He is someone who's had bad luck. I did want to take a second and talk about Cody Morris. Uh, I kind of wanted to start calling him friend of the show. He isn't a friend of the show. He probably doesn't even know I exist. But I've been pushing the Cody Morris fan narrative. I guess he is the, I'm the bandwagon driver. I don't know how you want to exactly uh, clarify, label it. But anyone who's a longtime listener knows how much I've been pushing for Cody Morris for years. They were worried that he was going to slow down on his promotion to AAA. Don't. Uh, it was not a full game for him. They had him on kind of a limited inning thing. Put four innings pitched, one hit, one walk, eight strikeouts. So he only had a chance to get out 12 hitters. Eight of them were strikeouts, and he only needed 56 pitches to get there. Uh, just an utterly dominant performance for him. It was a piggyback start. So Logan Allen, the elder, uh, came in and pitched as well. He had a fantastic start, uh, fantastic appearance as well, I should say. Five innings, three hits, six strikeouts. Can't argue with the results. 14 strikeouts, four hits, one walk, nine total innings. No earned runs given up for the uh, Columbus Clippers in that one. But Cody Morris, nothing's going to slow him up. Nothing's going to stop him. Oh, no, he's just got to keep on moving, it seems. Uh, and as we move along, we are going to take a moment here, take our second commercial break, and we'll come back and talk about this upcoming series against Oakland. So I mentioned that series against Oakland. One of our sponsors is Bet Online. So let's go hit go in the Bet Online mobile, as it were, and go talk about what the line is for tomorrow's game over at BetOnline.ag. And as one would imagine, with the matchup on the mound with the team they're facing, the Indians are the team getting a run and a half with Sean Mejia versus Tristan McKenzie. Now, if you are buying on McKenzie, this could be an opportunity. The Indians are, and both teams are at a negative 110 money line. So it seems like there's some uh, some action both sides. Over, under on this one, nine and a half. Go check out Bet Online today. Remember that when you do go, use, use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% bonus. That's right, 50% bonus on your first deposit. Go over to betonline.ag today. Like I said, it's more than just sports lines. There's live betting, casino, poker, esports. Contest and promos. There's things there all the time. So go check out Bet Online for yourself. That is betonline.ag. Remember the promo code is locked on to get the 50% bonus. Who doesn't want extra money? Bet Online, your online sports book. So just like today, actually, I was talking to my wife and they were talking about the fact that she went and got an oil changed. And they're like, well, we can change this filter, but it's going to cost us 70 bucks to change it. And I'm like, didn't we just change it last time ourselves? And she goes, yeah. 
So even if you're like me and you do not know cars, Rock Auto is still for you. Because as I said, I think I said, they were gonna charge us 70 bucks to change the filter. I can go through and look at the filters from my wife's car, see standard replacement, see economy versions, and none of them cost more than 20 bucks. And we can go and change that for ourselves. Uh, we don't need the help. We don't need the extra money. We can save that 50 bucks. You listen to the front of the show. I mentioned we got refrigerator problems. We got flooding in our basement. We've got air conditioning problems. That 50 bucks will go to those areas. It does not need to go to someone installing a filter we can install for ourselves. And what's also nice specifically with these filters is you go over to promotions and rebates in the corner. You can see if there's a deal. There's a lot of times rebates on specifically those filters. So I, I will always recommend doing filters yourself. Go to rockauto.com, check it out for yourself, and pay attention. It doesn't hurt to pre-buy a filter you know you're going to use for your car. Remember that is rockauto.com. When you go there, you're going to tell them Locked On sent you in the little how'd you hear about us box. Locked On, Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On so they know that we sent you. I know the Indians beat up the Oakland Athletics last time they faced. It was nearly a sweep. Uh, it was kind of surprising, and then they ran into the buzzsaw that was Houston, and everything kind of fell apart. But for them, that was a big weekend against a very tough team. Now, I am not very confident in this week's set of games. If I'm going through and I'm just looking at this, we'll do the position-by-position comparison. McKenzie versus Manea, that's a clear uh, advantage to them. Quantrell versus Montes, uh, I give Indians the advantage because right now no one is pitching better than uh, Quantrell is. Now, Montes has been very good, so it's not a huge advantage. And then the final one, Eli Morgan's pitched well, but Chris Bassett's been on fire of late. That's, that's going to be a tough one. So I would say I'm only picking the Indians to take one out of three. But let's go through. Let's compare position by position these two teams. And remember, Oakland is, well, I'm not going to say they're weaker than they were uh, when we last met because, yeah, uh, Ramon Lariano has been suspended for 80 games, but they also traded for Starling Marte. Uh, so they have a ready-to-go replacement who's playing exceptionally well for them. But let's start on this. Start a catcher. That's where I typically start. Murphy versus Ramos slash Hedges. Uh, we don't need to go into it. Advantage Oakland. First base, Matt Olson versus Owen, Moore, or Owen Miller. I'm turning Owen Miller and Eli Morgan into one person, apparently. Again, I don't need to go into it. One's an all-star who's, I think, top five in home runs, and the other is extremely struggling. Extremely struggling is, let's just say he's struggling a lot. Uh, clear advantage Oakland in that one. Let's move on to second base. Josh Harrison, who they also got in a trade, has, is playing for them. Now, Harrison has had his ups and downs. He's a guy that, I mean, I feel like you could have had for free at a few points in his career or at vet minimum. Uh, Detroit last year, he played 36 games, had a negative war. This year, he's got 33 games. He's had a war of 0.3. His runs created plus is actually a 107, so he's having an okay performance at second base. For Oakland, he has played, yeah, he, I mean, he did play one game in left field. And then Jed Lowry played second base on that one off day. Lowry has played mostly second base for them this year. Right now, with what the Indians are putting out there, uh, I, do I call it a toss-up? I mean, Jimenez has still got to prove he can do it consistently, which he hasn't done yet. And Harrison has uh, been a surprise for Oakland. I, I'm going to give it a toss-up. Shortstop, Elvis Andrews is an Indians killer, always has been, I feel like always will be. He's been okay. Uh, Oakland got rid of Chris Davis' money, but they got Andrews because they had no option to short 
or a team that was desperate for a shortstop, so they went out and added, did a bad contract for bad contract trade. The Indians have a Met Rosario defense stuff aside. Offensively, quite solid. I think I'm going to lean into the Indians with advantage this one. So the Indians are currently down one. You go to third. Oakland's one of those teams that has a, you know, a legit competitor most years for top five third baseman. Chapman just hasn't been the same guy this year, has not been as solid or steady. He's been good. Of late, he's not been good, but through most of the year, he's been solid. He just hasn't been all-star level. We end up with a tie on the infield. When you move to DH, Jed Lowry versus Fran Mill Reyes, advantage Indians. Fran Mill has been a monster. Now let's talk about the outfield. Should we start in left field? Their primary left fielder this uh, past few weeks has been Mark Kaneha. You know, he's had the lion's share of the at-bats there in left field for them. I think the one day he didn't play it was Tony Kemp for the Indians. Left field has been Hanley Ramirez mostly. That's not even a competition. That's that's advantage Oakland. Did I say Hanley Ramirez? <laughs> Wrong Ramirez with an H. Harold Ramirez. Uh, my bad there. But yes, advantage to Oakland. Center field, Miles Straw versus Sterling Marte. I love Miles Straw, but Sterling Marte is... Well, a star advantage. Oakland. Right field, you got Bradley Zimmer, who, again, Lee average back, good defense. Right field for Oakland, you know, they've had to kind of bounce around the place. They had Seth Brown uh, got called up to play a few games there. I think he might have been hurt uh, before that. They had, I was just trying to see, it's like Mark Kanea had a few games there. Uh, they've, they've had a few players kind of pop in and out of that spot. Since it is a position that is not nailed down for them, and Seth Brown has not been particularly great. On the other side of things, you know, Zimmer of late has been better than Seth Brown. And this is just an odd, odd statement that I, I feel like, wow, I'm going to make it. But advantage Indians. Indians have a advantage over the position by positionally, an advantage over Oakland in this one by one. Uh, it all comes down to how much you really believe that second base is a pure toss-up if you want to lead the other way. I get it. And then how much of an advantage position by position would change things. But at this point in time, Cleveland has the advantage. Going to the rotation for this series is a clear advantage for Oakland. Uh, Cleveland is getting the worst of it. This is not the guys you want to face. I mean, even if you, let's be honest, though, it's like even on their off guys, uh, Cole Irvin's been phenomenal. James Caprillion's been very good. It is a top flight rotation this year. There's no easy pitcher to face. So no matter what happens, uh, it just wouldn't be great. But the thing is, the Indians lineup is so right-handed heavy now, you want to face Cole Irvin because they're they're more ready to handle him than they would be in years past because you know that's a type of soft-tossing tossing lefty, though, who can still give him problems like we saw with um, Tyler Alexander when the Tigers were in town. Bullpen. So they tried to, to shore this up a bit with Andrew Chafin, uh, Lou Trevino's been their main guy as uh, Rosenthal's been hurt. Yusaro, Yusmaro Pettit, who I talked about maybe the Indians should go for. They brought him back. Hasn't worked out totally well. Romo's been okay. Diekman's been solid. The Indian side of things, though, I think it's advantage Cleveland because the overall back end of the pen, Class A has been good. Now, Karen Chalk and Shaw have not been a steady of late, but Nick Sandlin has been. Uh, and their top two blows Oakland's top two out. And the overall depth in Cleveland is a bit stronger. 
one could go toss up. I might say advantage Indians. So one positional advantage, bullpen advantage, but starter advantage the other way. Overall, I think I still, like I said, I lean towards Oakland in two out of three games. Tell me what you think. Uh, am I off? Am I right? Am I wrong? Do you think the Indians will have a better chance against these Oakland Athletics than I'm giving them credit for? Let me know over at the at Locked On Indians or at my own Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review, download daily. All of that so helps our show grow. And for the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians.